Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Now, we've recently introduced you to our podcast, An Invitation to Meet, and you seem to like it, so we're going to keep doing it. These are cut down versions of the full show, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts under An Invitation to Meet. Head over there to hear from people like the CEO of Huel, James McMaster, who talks about growing a company at speed plus YouTuber Casper Lee on how to create a social media brand. This one is with Andy Shovel, co-founder of vegan food brand This, one of the fastest growing plant-based brands in the UK. He talks about his decision to swap a meaty burger business for new products like fake bacon and vegan sausages, and his mission to make good-tasting food meat eaters will like too. It's a good one, This, if you'll pardon the pun. Let's get into it. What happens if you realise the business you're running doesn't fit the values you're living? Yeah, we want to sort of undo some of the some of the damage we'd done, and, and I think our consciousness, along with lots of other people's, was rising around um, you know meat, meat consumption issues and all that kind of stuff. This is an invitation to meet Andy Shovel, co-founder of This, one of the fastest-growing vegan brands in Britain. But he used to sell meat burgers and ate them too. We co-founded, ran, and then sold a meat-based restaurant business. So we sold tons of meat a year for our living. So this is a story about conscience in business, how to throw it all away and build something better. I suppose we see ourselves as like head of recruitment for the sector of plant-based. We want to recruit all of the meat lovers and the flexitarians. I'm John Weeks from The Evening Standard. Anyone fancy a burger? Less than three years ago, Andy and his business partner Pete Sharman set up this. Last year, it secured £11 million in VC funding. This year, they're targeting £20 million in annual revenue and launching what they call a huge range of products. And they're very much in demand. Even a novelty bacon perfume they offered for sale as a joke around Valentine's Day received more than 25,000 sales inquiries. But Andy and Pete used to run a gourmet burger company using meat. So as we go to meet Andy, I want to know what's happened. Once we got out of that business in 2016, we kind of decided that the next business we start would be in sustainability in some way. We looked at electric cars, we looked at energy, we looked at all sorts of stuff. And then we realised as customers that there were no meat alternatives at the time, in our opinion, 
that really spoke to meat eaters and didn't kind of alienate them from a branding perspective. But then from a product perspective as well, we found there wasn't anything super compelling that really tasted like the meaty products we loved. So we felt that there was a pretty clear gap. And during our time running a meat-based business, I think we acquired some skills and and know-how around communicating with with meat lovers. So we thought we'd try and weaponize that for for our new plant-based brand. And obviously, as you said, you were among the first to get a brand out there that actually appeals to meat eaters as well as vegans and veggies. You must have encountered a few hurdles along the way of getting this business up and running. Some investors we met, perhaps who were a little older, they really saw it as very niche. So they didn't really see the potential. They didn't see the ceiling. I remember we we met one dude who, who I won't name, obviously, but he's some big dog finance man. And he just invested in a company that was making like rosemary and other herbs, like infused water. And he was lecturing us on like how well they were doing and how we would never be, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how long, we'd never be as big as them. And like, you know, how could we possibly because of so few vegans? And we we're trying to explain that it'd be like meat eaters and, you know, flexitarians. And that's a huge market and all this. And he just wasn't getting on board at all. And so I've always had in mind um, (laughs) the point where we would overtake that brand and I think we did so pretty quickly in a period of like a few months and I've I've managed to um, restrain from the urge to to message him being like we're now like you know whatever we are 10 times the size of them I don't know but um, but yeah but it's always it's always good to have naysayers that give you a kind of a goal. And so in terms of advertising and promoting your brand, this is very sort of social media orientated, really active on Instagram and uses a very different sort of conversational language. I saw last year you also advertised for the world's first meat sommelier. What has been your strategy behind all of that? Around the comms and tone of voice and and, and the way we market ourselves, I guess our job as we see it is, is to shatter the preconceptions that people have around plant-based food because i think it would be naive to believe that most consumers in the uk aren't a bit suspicious and a bit skeptical about the sector and there are surveys to back that up as well you know that that there's a certain unwillingness on the part of some people to um to trial it so our approach to comms and marketing is to be exactly the opposite to what people expect us to be if I could summarise how, how we kind of behave, it's, it's, it's like very candid, quite human. To be honest with you, it's been up until now, like I've, I've tried to make sure it's, it's, it's kind of my personality in a way that the brand has. And we do have a very creative team, so I don't want to take credit for everything, but I've definitely like stewarded the, the creative side of the business. It's sort of very direct and quite contrary and, and cheeky and likes playing jokes and pranks and stuff. And it's all in an effort to try and disarm this scepticism, because what's more normal than having a laugh? So rather than kind of lecture about environmentalism and, you know, ethical concerns and basically tell people subliminally that like the rest of their diet is trash and they shouldn't do it and they're wrong. We think that it doesn't make people hungry to do that. So we think the better idea is, is to try and make them laugh and make them feel something through seeing our branding and our comms. Now, there are obviously quite a lot of plant-based brands out there. The sections are getting bigger in the supermarkets. I mean, how have you found the competition? I think, firstly, it's important to to say that there is a long tail of brands who aren't performing as well as they should. So I think that there'll probably be a consolidation of the top 
just the top brands basically over the next like year or two. But yeah, the congestion does make things challenging. However, fortunately, we are quite near the top of the pile in terms of performance. You know, whether it's rate of sale in the supermarkets or it's the amazing food service restaurant partnerships that we're able to get. So it is a challenging environment to trade in. But the other thing worth bearing in mind, which offsets that that congestion, is the level of growth that the sector has. Because, yeah, sure, you've got new entrants coming in, but you've also got like overall expansion of like 17% or something last year. And 17% might not sound like a lot, but big FMCG sectors, you know, in supermarkets or whatever, they tend to just lumber on at like 2% growth, 1% growth like every year. So to have a sector that's growing at 17% is absolutely atypical. I think it might be the fastest or maybe like second fastest growing sector in the whole of FMCG. And going forward, you are still targeting that number one spot in the world of vegan products. What do you see as the future for plant-based foods? Well, quality will will go up, that's for sure. Because when I look at the market as a whole, I actually get quite grumpy about this because at the moment, the status quo is basically that a lot of brands move very quickly and didn't have enough of an eye on quality. They just wanted to be get, get in on the action. So I think that a lot of the brands who I won't name at the moment in the market are repelling a lot of customers to the sector or from the sector. So I think people try these products and they're like, no, that's minging. I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy plant-based anymore. Thanks very much. And they think we're all the same. So I think that will change. I think they will, they will hopefully disappear those, those brands, or at least they'll clean up their act because they're very, very damaging. I also think that the prices will come down because the volume will keep going up. I think in the end, we'll probably win the price war versus me, actually. And I also think that more of an eye on nutrition will start to play a bigger part. So I think brands will, in the future, very carefully consider all of the ingredients, all of the processing. And I think that consumers will will care more and more and more about that. And, And obviously, we're trying our best today. But some brands have unbelievably long ingredients lists, which, again, might repel a lot of customers from the category. So probably see those changes. I also wonder in the very long run whether whether lab grown meat might might end up being a very significant player in in the kind of meat free arena. You can hear the full episode by searching for an invitation to meet wherever you get your podcasts. Also, for more interviews, features and breaking news, check out our business pages online at standard.co.uk forward slash business and in the evening standard newspaper. We've got another invitation to meet next week. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.